0: Well, hello, welcome to episode three of the Christ Community Church podcast. This is the place where we come and follow up on the sermon, dive a little bit deeper. I am Ryan, the interim teaching pastor, and joining me today we're replacing Dustin just for the day with uh, Blake Cox, who is our high school pastor and a member of our preaching team. Yeah. So hey, Blake, how do you feel being on the podcast now?
1: Uh, it's an
0: honor. I'm. I'm thankful. I uh, we'll see how this goes. So hopefully, uh... <laughs> it'll be fun. We have fun on here, so it's it's all good. So, you know this, we get to dive a little bit deeper, and, and you get to kind of play the the question asker today Great. because you were in the seats with the congregation and uh, and heard the message, and you actually also I don't know if everyone knows this, but you you and Kate Nyborg in middle school preach a similar message, preach the same idea for our middle school and high school so you have a a preaching knowledge but also kind of a sitting and observing knowledge of the message so that's right we'll just we'll dive deeper together into it
1: yeah and uh it's been a good series so far and it's been enjoyable just to hear uh yours and dustin's uh just kind of introduction on this series and so like can you can you help us out a little bit more of uh, remind us why it's so important that we talk about beginnings
0: yeah. So, you know, these first three weeks have all been sort of the the good of the beginning of creation, right? Like next week, it's going to go downhill. Next week, we're going to see why we live in the world we live in, which is not the world we see in Genesis 1 and 2. Right. Um, and I think it's important because when you look to Revelation, you mm. see in the end that scripture tells us God's going to wipe away every tear we're in you know th- this city where God is the light like we don't even need the sun because he's the light like all this glorious like wonder and splendor that we look forward to and we can look back and see the way he intended it as well and so we have to understand that that it's our sin our brokenness that kind of led us to the place where we're at now but also just understanding God's plan shows us who he is and yeah. keeps drawing us to him and it also shows us that like when he talks about what's going to be like in the end he already created that in the beginning. And so we know that he can redeem these things mm-hmm. and give us the new heavens, the new earth and and lead us into that glory as well. So it's just, it's just important to know the, the start of the book. I mean, it helps make the Bible make sense. It helps make what Christ did make sense um, and really just helps us to understand kind of where we are at in life and, and looking and just the confusion and chaos and some of the pain of life yeah. sort of begins to make sense as you really begin to unroll the, the, initial text in Genesis. Yeah.
1: And we're not going to really know that until we start at the beginning. Correct. It's also really encouraging to hear you say, you know, God is the one in control because it kind of takes the pressure off of us. You know, we we are the ones who made the mistakes, um, but ultimately God is the one who's going to step in and renew everything. And you mentioned in Revelation as well, he's going to make all things new. So I think that that helps me personally. I think all of us as a congregation as well is like, okay, the pressure is off. Jesus is the champion of this
0: story. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this week we focused on the beginning of us, like the beginning, the creation of man and woman, the creation of humankind. And we see even in that, as it zooms in on us, the story is still not about us. It's about God creating and, you know, he creates man out of dust. And so there's a very humbling moment there that we're nothing but dust, but then he breathes life into man. And so we know that like we have life because God has given us life. So again, it just redirects our hearts back to him.
1: Yeah. So before we jump into talking more about what it means to be uh, an image bearer of Christ, uh, help me understand help us understand why do you think it's so difficult for culture to accept that God is the one who created everything in the beginning
0: well you know again we're, we're gonna talk about sin entering the world and we're gonna see the temptations that this will be next week we're gonna see the temptations that the enemy uses against us and it's the same thing that he's he's doing now is what he did in Genesis chapter 3 and, and really a big part of that is hey make it all about you, make it all about you. And and if I want things to be all about me, then the easiest way to do that is to push God out of the picture, to either just say, I don't believe in him or I believe Mm -hmm. in a different version of him that allows me to do whatever I feel comfortable with. Because when God is king, when he is Lord of your life, there's a lot of good that comes. It ultimately all works for good, but there, there's also some hardships, like there's some difficulties, especially living in the broken world that we live in, like because there's gonna be things pressing against that mm. that that trust, that belief, because we can't see all of his ways, there's going to be some pain that's caused. I mean, I'm reading through Job right now. And in Job, like his friends are basically like, essentially they're, they're trying to point him back to God, but they're saying it's because you made a mistake. And, mm. and, and he's not cursing God, even though he's feeling all the pain, but doesn't understand why this is happening. And so when we don't have the, the big picture, it just becomes easier to focus on ourselves and just say, well, clearly God is not doing things my way, so therefore he's not real or mm. I sh- he's not to be trusted or something along those lines. And, and so it's just, you know, we need to constantly, again, this is why we go back to the beginning, be reminded of who God really is yeah. um, and, and what he's about. So I think for culture, if you're not following Christ, then really you're following yourself. Right. And when you're following yourself, God's going to get pushed out of the picture mm. because it, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work. You can't, you can't follow Like you can't live as a King of your own life and have God be King. Right. It doesn't, those two things clash. So you have to choose one kingdom or the other.
1: Right. Yeah. And I, I think to that point as well, like going back to Dustin's message from last week, uh, how in Romans one, it says that everyone is without excuse. Like Every single one of us, we have seen the presence of God, his invisible qualities because of everything that is around us and uh, to that idea of we are without excuse. So we will all stand before God, whether you believe in him or not, and we will have to bear those responsibilities and say, hey, I chose to believe in you and your creation or I chose to reject you and be the king of my own life.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's part of what humanity does, like humanity in general, seeing the difference between of humanity from everything else. We see God's image implanted on humanity. And that is God's way of demonstrating to all of the earth, including fellow, like fellow humans, fellow image bearers, that God is king. It's not us. Like it's not the earth, the universe that's in control. It it is God that's in control. We are his image bearers are supposed to remind ourselves and others and all of creation of that truth.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about uh, that a little bit more of what it means to be uh, an image bearer of God. You mentioned how cats are not image bearers. Sure. Uh, Humans are image bearers. And, but you also, you said something very profound. You said every human, uh, is has the image of god but not every human bears that image can you expand a little bit more on that
0: yeah i want to be very careful with that because it it is a i think it's an important truth and i think it's a biblical truth but it's a truth that you have to be really careful with the nuances of communicating it so when we look at adam and eve we see in the beginning that that man and woman were created in God's image. All of their offspring still contain the image of God, which means every human is made in the image of God. So every human has the potential through God's love of of knowing him, of being drawn to him if he so chooses. Every human is is left to rule, to reign, and, and, and to relate to one another in a way that's different than the way we relate to all the rest of creation. So we have that image implanted in us, and yet many choose to take that and live for themselves, rejecting God. And so mm-hmm. not all are, par- are a part of God's family. And in that sense, like for us who follow Christ, we are image bearers in the sense that we are actually living for his glory and not mm-hmm. for our own. And many live for, again, this goes back to the whole divided kingdoms thing. Many live for their own glory right. rather than living for God's. And so they they take that image and they ignore it or they choose to believe like it's their glory that is, is manifest inside themselves. And, They're living for themselves. They're rejecting God. They're living for something else. And so they're not proclaiming the king that they're supposed to. I mean, you know, talk about how kings and ancient cultures would put statues in in these places like you weren't supposed to worship the statue like you weren't supposed to bow down to the statue mm. the statue was supposed to remind you i mean i guess some kings wanted people to bow down to their statue because they you know thought it meant their likeness but like but if you were choosing the statue over the the king the king would just go and cut down the statue right like it's not that's not how it works and so um yeah the the image is supposed to remind us of the king it's not supposed to be for our own glory and yes, that's just for for people, to be clear. Um, I did mention cats, which has been controversial because there's some cat lovers that were very upset. Um, I just don't understand cats, which I, I'm not I am not a cat person. I'm not really a big pet person in general. Okay, so people's dogs also are not made in the image of God. They also are not like praying and longing for a relationship with right. him. Like Jesus didn't come to die for dogs and cats, right? Like he, he came to be a gift to mankind, to God's image bearers, like those who are made in his image.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you, uh, you helped all the cat people out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, like, uh, lizards, snakes, uh, hamsters, whatever your pet is, all yeah. right. Horses, none of them, none of them are yeah. made in the image of God. Okay. It's, it's, it's all the animals and it doesn't mean that they're not valuable. Like God created them. They have worth to people. They're great. They're just not made in the image of God. That's right. And I was talking to some of my
1: high schoolers as well about that same idea of, you know, your dog, your cat is not praying for you in the middle of the night. And, I think a few of them got a little offended of like, yeah. I love my dog as much as I love my mom sort of thing. Yeah, and,
0: and you know, but like, but really here, here's the thing because people can love their pets and I think pets again can have a ton of value to people. So I'm not trying to take that away from you. <laughs> like I think God created them. It's good. But <laughs> this whole podcast is about pets now. Um, <laughs> but, but he, here's the thing, right? Like if, if someone, if someone runs into a burning building right. and there's, and there's a human child and there's a, a dog there, like you you might want to save both. But you're going to choose the human child first. Like that's 99% of humans just instinctively know that a human life has more value. And and it's not to like demean the rest of creation because we're supposed to point all of creation to God. But it's to say that there's clearly something different about mankind. Right.
1: Right. We have a unique tie with other people, even people that may not express that or or agree with that. We, we still internally, deep down in our hearts, we have a unique tie with people that we just can't have with animals. And scripture does talk about like take care of your animals, you know, uh, uh, love them and and um, take care of them.
0: But we do have that unique tie with
1: people that we just don't have with animals.
0: Sure, absolutely. And, and, and again, you just said this, you know, all, all of humanity, we, we are called to love and to point to Christ. Right. And so there are fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we love them as children of God. And there are those who are made in the image of God that are rejecting him. And we love them. I mean, you think about the story of the, the prodigal son, the lost sheep, like all these different stories that show us how we're supposed to respond to the loss. I mean, Jesus himself came and, and sat with sinners and tax collectors and said, I came to, you know, a doctor comes to, to heal the sick and not for for the healthy. And so w- we are supposed to go and love people pointing them to Christ. Right. The point is, is that when we look at another human, we need to see God's image mm. in them. That's right. Uh, still see the distinction because again, we have a different unity with brothers and sisters in Christ than we do with those who don't know Christ. But we love all people in a way that Christ would love all people, in a way that God loves his creation because everyone is made in his image.
1: That's right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think even in being a follower of Christ and as brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes we forget that we bear that image. Mm-hmm. We will, will go along in life and and sometimes forget, oh, man, I... I am bearing this image. I have a responsibility. I need to love others well. And sometimes we end up almost removing that image, so to speak. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's so true how necessary it is for Christians to not only love other brothers and sisters in Christ well, but also love the lost very well.
0: Yeah. And you know, it means loving difficult people, right? Like, I I mean, because you said you can forget your own image and that can, deflate your own self worth and and value. And we need to remember how God created us, but also we can, we can forget, and maybe that's forgetting it in ourselves, but it's forgetting in others as well. And when we do that, we just begin to walk around thinking, Hey, you owe me something. You're here for my benefit, for my good. And if you're not treating me well, or you're not like me, or you're Mm -hmm. not offering something to me, then I'm rejecting you. I'm pushing you away. I'm calling you weird, whatever it may be. Like I, I'm I'm putting up a, a division. I'm putting up a, a wall between us, but that's not what we're called to do as image bearers. We're look we're supposed to see God's image in other people, and help point them to the one whose image they bear, um, right. whose image they're made in. And so that that should be our goal. Is like yes, we we love our brothers and sisters. We have unity. We encourage one another. We uplift one another. And those who don't know Christ, especially the ones who are difficult and challenging, we love them and, and point them to Christ and and you know, seek to, to show them Jesus because Jesus came and, and offered himself for all who would come to him.
1: Right. Yeah. And you mentioned like with that, with being an air, image bearer of Christ, um, we should always be in relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, talked about, uh, uh, God created man and women and, and he said, Hey, it's good for you to be in relationship with each other. And, and that really just points to, Hey, just, our family as a whole be in relationship, but do you feel like, uh, there is a constant push for isolation? Maybe let's talk about the culture. Let's, uh, from a cultural lens. And then let's talk about the church. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's isolation happening in the church?
0: Yeah. I, you know, the reminder here is that like the first thing that's not good in scripture is man being alone. Like that's the first thing that we see, and granted, it's chapter two, so it's pretty early on. But like, that's the first time in all of the creation story that God says it's not good. Like something is not good, and, and so we are created to be in in relationship because we are made in the image of God. God's a relational God. God has union within Himself in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So we're made to be in relationship. I, I think culturally, I think I think the culture knows that isolation is painful. Mm-hmm. I mean you know, we're not that far removed from 2020, right. From when we all went to COVID lockdowns. And I think everyone realized, Hey, this is not fun being on our own. And I think even in like in very small circles, like we, we wanted bigger communities. We wanted more people around. I mean, there are a few that were like, this is wonderful. Like the, like extreme <laughs> introvert. Right. Um, but I, no, I think for the most part, everyone kind of realized, yeah, we're, we're not made to be on our own and, and things don't go well. Like there are, you can have times of isolation, but you're not meant to live in isolation. Right. I, I think that in our like Western culture, especially in American culture, I think it is very individualistic. And mm-hmm. so it celebrates the individual, Yeah. which can lead to, and I think this certainly happens. It leads to a lot of divisions. It leads to a lot of, you're not like me, therefore I'm pushing you away. Right. You, you don't think the way I do, therefore I'm pushing you away. You don't believe the same things I do. You don't agree with me on everything. You're not,
1: you know, promoting. the perfect
0: person. Yeah. Promoting me, like celebrating me. You're not, you're not giving me comfort and, right. and and doing things that benefit me. And therefore I'm pushing you away. And so culture recognizes that, but they don't know how to fix it. Right. Because like the, the, the way they're trying to fix it is just by just saying, Hey, just don't do it. Like, yeah, celebrate togetherness, but also individual, like, and it's just, it doesn't quite work. I mean, they were like beer commercials that were celebrating like togetherness and talking about like, Oh, if you share a beer, then you know, you're together. And it's like, (laughs) that's not going to work for you. But if we're, if we're connecting our hearts to God, then we can be drawn together. And so I do think it's a a problem in our culture that people, you know, it's, it's the whole, like the whole cancel culture idea is you say something that, and that doesn't agree with me. I'm going to, I'm going to, kick you out of my life. Like you have no place in my life. Right. And it's a dangerous place to be in.
1: Yeah. And all it takes is one thing nowadays. Yeah. There's no forgiveness. There's no grace, especially that we see in our cultures. Like you say one thing that is worth being canceled. You're done. And your, your influence or who you were as an individual. I mean, we, we even see a lot of pastors nowadays who just like train wrecked and, um, uh, But that idea of just like you're done and you don't have any more,
0: any more say. Well, and you see this in play in a lot of different areas. I mean, you see it in play with like politics. If you have to be a hundred percent on this side in order to be one of us. And if you disagree on one area, then no, you're out. You're, you're like them, but then they're not accepting you because they're like, no, you're not a hundred percent on this side. And it's like, no, maybe, maybe we can, we can say, Hey, I, you know, I agree with you on ABC, but over here, I agree with this person on D and E and, and that's okay. Like maybe that's, that's all right, you know, and and we can have conversations about these things and, and seek to create unity and seek to create like togetherness through just learning from one another and being okay, disagreeing. And, um, just understanding that like what makes us the same is greater than what makes us different.
1: Yeah. So do you feel like, uh, if we agree that there is a sense of Cultural isolation, do you feel like sometimes that bleeds into the church?
0: I think the church always has to be careful about that. That any anytime there's something that's very big in the culture, it's going to at least attempt to bleed. You're gonna see you're gonna see it start to bleed in a little bit. Like you're gonna see it start to, and you have to be very careful to protect yourselves from that. So yeah, I absolutely think it happens in the church. Of course, not our church, our church is perfect, <laughs> but um, but it, it happens in the church because in the church, you're bringing a bunch of people from the culture right. and you're pointing them to Christ and there's a process of sanctification that takes place. Right. And so what you hope is you hope you have enough mature Christians who can say, "Ah, oh, we see, like we hear you and we love you and we're going to keep pointing you to something better. But we, as the the core of the church are, are holding on to that, which Christ has called us to, right. and we're, we're living it out the way he's called us to live. So I think we do have to be careful because there's, you know, in the church, we have even more ways to divide, right? Like, I mean, we, in the Christian church, we typically don't divide over like religion, you know, like, okay, we all believe in Christ, but there's so many just little things that we can disagree on. And, um, you know, how many times communion is served, like how communion is served, uh, the worship styles, like all these different things. Why are you playing drums? Can be Sure. Yeah. Like all these different things can be very divisive or you can, you can also, I mean, there's a way in the church that you can have like hey, that's great. Like we celebrate that you're doing it that way and we love you and, and we're going to do it this way. And, and and we're excited about that. And we can still have unity in many areas and celebrate one another and encourage one another um, and have different opinions. That's right. okay. And so the church just needs to be extra careful because, you know, in John 17, Jesus prays for his people, mm-hmm. his followers, both then and now that we would be unified in the way that Christ is unified with the father. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an intense unity. That's a oneness that exists. And so we need, we need to take that seriously and we need to pursue that. And again, we're looking at fellow image bearers. So how can we push them away from our lives?
1: Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the unfortunate truth is we sometimes as Christians allow culture to influence us too much, mm. you know? And, and I mean, we see an isolation within the church or, or the temptation to isolate within the church. I think, Mature Christians and mature churches, it, we should constantly, it should be the reverse. We should be affecting the culture and mm-hmm. like we should be the ones that are making the change within the world. We should never al- allow ourselves to get to a place where we allow what the culture in the world is doing to influence our behavior, what we are doing.
0: Yeah. When a church is planted in, in a location, if the image bearers of Christ, those who are living into that image. Are going in the world as His image bearers, proclaiming His glory through their their lives, their action, their words. The community should be different, right. you know. And if you remove the church, that should be felt. That should be something that like people would know is lacking. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, again, that's that's our call as image bearers is if we are really proclaiming Christ, we're going to see God's kingdom come here on earth, here in you know Carmichael, here in our local setting, as it is in heaven, and the people around us are going to notice that.
1: Yeah. And it's not. It, I think we tend to make it difficult because mm-hmm. some people ask the question, "Well, what does that look like?" You know. But I think the reality is, is what Jesus says: "Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies." Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's plain and simple. But we tend to overanalyze it and say, "Well, what does that actually look like? What does it mean to love my enemy? Where's the
0: Where's the line?" You know. So. Uh, we do that all the time yeah and i think it's important this is this is why we build spiritual habits right because like if we're going to be the image bearers of god if we're going to be christ's image bearers in the world we need to know who christ is right. like, this is why we go back to the beginning and say hey it's all about god in the beginning We need people who are reading our our Bible regularly, like individually and collectively, right? We need people who are regularly in worship. We need habits of giving and praying and serving and fellowship. Like all these things have to happen because they strengthen our relationship with God. They help us to know him so that we can live as his image bearers in the world and we can show people who he truly is. If we just go and say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian because I went to church one time and then our actions are not, you know, they're not gonna line up. Like sanctification is gonna take place to process over time yeah in community through the word through the spirit working in us so we have to be people who are constantly pursuing god like if we want to live truly as the likeness of god that we're supposed to be we need to know who he is right just makes sense
1: yeah so uh if i may let's kind of land the plane here on this final question because it it really got me thinking and I, i could see yesterday how passionate you were in talking about this area when it comes to gender and race. Sure. You know, in, in the church and how we as Christians, you know, why do we allow division when it comes to gender and race if we bear the image of Christ?
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting because I think when you when you start to realize that we are image bearers and that every person is made in the image of God, it just it makes it makes conversations hard, but in a way it makes them really easy because we're, we're trying to see people the way God sees people. And, you know, so that for me was like, it changes so many different conversations. As a matter of fact, I, I woke up Sunday, no, I think it's Saturday night, I was reading my, doing my prayer devotional. And it was someone who did a missions work in India. And she had wrote about like, hey, if we are God's image bearers, we can't ignore the poor, we can't ignore the broken, we can't ignore those on the fringe, we can't ignore those who are being neglected. And, and so it's just a conversation of, of saying, hey, we believe that life matters because life like human life is made in the image of God. And so we treat that with respect. We treat that with honor. And it goes back to that. Like, you know, with, with Adam and Eve, the first thing Adam knows about Eve is the sameness. His first comment is this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Right. He he says, you know, we're similar. There's, there's distinction there. And you know, there's sermons about that. Like there's so many sermons from these two chapters we could have done. Um, But there's, there's sameness. And that was the thing that he really, noticed in chapter two was, Hey, the animals come, they're not like me, right. but, but here's a woman who is like me and and we need to, to honor God's image in one another. And, and so, yeah, that should lead to racial reconciliation. And, and you know what, honestly, like, I, I think that the church typically ends up being on the front of these conversations. Right. I mean, when, like, when slavery was abolished, it was Christians who came and said, Hey, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Now, there's abuse that's taken of scripture right. and scriptures misread and misused in places. Um, but, but Christians are, are leading the way in conversations about sex trafficking. Like Christians are leading the way in, in conversations about like really gender equality conversations like started with the church. And, and we lose that. Like sometimes we think, cause people want to say the church is, is evil and talk about what the church is against and all these different things. And again, they use scripture out of context. Right. Um, but no, as Christians, like we know how important life is. We know how important humanity is. And, and we need to love the image of God in one another and love others as ourselves, as the way God has called us to, yeah. because that's the way God sees them. And so I don't want to stand before the throne one day and have God look and say, oh, that's how you treated my creation. Like, right. you, let me show you all the things you did wrong to my, my you know, my image, my likeness mm-hmm. in, in the earth. And I just, I hope that's a very small list of things. Right. Um, and, and so... I, I wanna get this right. I want our church to get it right. I want the you know the global church to get this right. And yeah, I think it's significant. It's just, the more we see God's image in one another, the more we will learn to love the way Christ did. Mm,
1: that's so good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's why it's so important for us to always be in God's word. Because mm-hmm. if we're taking out of context, you do see th- things like that happen a lot where uh, slavery becomes a thing and 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 and, uh uh, gender becomes an issue as well that's why we need to constantly be in god's word to understand the true meaning and the context behind it so i really enjoyed your point there but um yeah so this is great i i've learned a lot like i i'm thankful that i got to be here and hopefully you guys learned a lot as well and Um, and you'll be back
0: in a couple of weeks So you're preaching in a I couple will. weeks here. I will. But next week, just as a, a preview, we're diving into Genesis chapter three and we're looking at the fall. So we're gonna look at sin entering, the temptations that the the enemy tries to use, how he did it then, how he's doing it today, and really how that led us to the place where we are at today, which is broken relationships with God, with one another, with creation, all these things that we were supposed to have different relationships with are, are not what they're supposed to be because of sin in our lives and in our world. Yeah, I'm eager. So, super I'm, fun. I'm Su- super fun talking about brokenness, you know, <laughs> sin and all that conversation. But it, no, is, it is
1: interesting though, like in it, it's something that we truly need to understand. We need to understand our own fall and our own sin to truly understand the grace of Jesus yeah. and what he did for us. So I'm really looking forward to that sermon. Uh, I'm sure you're gonna knock it out of the park. So.
0: Um, yeah so it'll be good well thank you everyone for listening and whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast again we have both video form on YouTube you can search CCC now and podcast form should be on any podcast platform if you're watching the YouTube you tried to get the podcast and you don't find on a podcast platform email Ryan at cccnow.com and I will get it up on whatever platform you want to listen to it on so we appreciate it though hopefully this is a blessing to you thanks for listening and we will see you on Sunday Bye, guys.